0: I was like, who's hiring? I got a job at MLB. That's definitely a place I did not feel welcomed in. Like, definitely not as a Latina and definitely not as a woman, right? So MLB? Major League Baseball. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, as a Latina? I mean it's isn't it a sport with like the percentage of more Latinx players. In,
0: uh, you would think they would be kind of connect, but that's there. It's all widows, right? So I'm exaggerating. A little. I'm not exaggerating. It was like, you know, let's say like 80% to 90% hueros. and they all knew each other. They all got jobs because their dad worked there or dad was an owner or they played, you know, baseball with, you know, uh, uh, another executive, right? Yeah. So it was very much like the, the definition of an old boys club is like, right that there. was MLB for sure. So, and, and I thought... Well, if I work really hard and I think I'm a smart, you know, intelligent person, like I'm going to get recognized and elevated.
2: You're listening to Nideki,
1: a podcast by The Marketing Jersey. It's Nideki. I'm Luis Vasquez. With me, Janely Farias. Tapi so just, Uiso, how are you? You're you supposed to say your name, weren't you? Um, yeah. Weasel, you never get it right. You <laughs> never get it right. We got to figure out the way that it goes. But anyway, welcome to another <laughs> episode of Nidiaki. If you're listening to us, uh thank you because you've already gone through a few episodes and you said, "Hey, you know, I think I think you're worth it." So for me on a personal note, I want to thank you, but I'm pretty sure you're here because of Nidiaki. So
2: it yeah, I, I I can't say otherwise. We so <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is how it is. We have a uh, great great show
2: for you. Just kidding, though. but not really. Yeah, thank you all for, for listening in.
1: Uh, we have a great great show. I have an amazing guest. Before we go into that, I want to first congratulate Janelli on something that is uh, very personal. But I'm very proud of her. <laughs> she might not even know that I'm about to say this, but she told me before the show that you know we so I quit caffeine. So first of all, applaud if anybody's out there. It's, it's a really big deal. And, and I'm gonna <laughs> applaud for myself. Yes. There you go. It's a really big deal because um, this is something that if like, if you've seen Janelle on her socials, like she's her, her health, her body. I mean, she, she looks great. She's always feeling great. And uh, then when she told me, she's like, yeah, but I'm addicted to caffeine. And I'm like, whoa, she is not perfect. And, uh, and I know we share, we're sharing a lot already on the show for you, Janelle, but I want to congratulate you in front of everybody.
2: Thanks. No, thanks for hyping me up. And yeah, it's just, I'm trying to better my health. There's always room for improvement. Always, always. So I, mi- I miss it. I'm not going to lie. I am I really, really miss caffeine, but we're broken up right now. I don't know if we'll ever get back together, but we'll, we'll see.
1: No, so it should be that toxic ex you don't want anymore and you just kind of <laughs> You know, put it on there. Sure, knocks on the door for you. But see, this is, in, in Nidiaki, we, we like to share some personal details. So that's a personal detail from Janelle, But Next time, it'll be a personal detail about you, so No, no, I'm a, I'm a closed book on that. Sorry, sorry. All right, uh, well, let's get on with it. And uh, again, um, if you've been listening to us, we know we're trying to do these type of episodes a little bit differently than most podcasts. And what we want to do is give you guys some information, uh, information about this Nidiaki lifestyle. And one of the first guests that we thought about when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do with this podcast was bring in Ms. Sarah Toussaint. She is the vice president of sports marketing at Wells Fargo, where she oversees the soccer portfolio, including Major League Soccer, the Mexican national team and sponsorships, as well as ESPN's Women Plus Sports Summit. She's also on the alumni board of the University of Chicago and on the board of Play Like a Girl. And recently, a new co-owner, of the North Carolina Courage of the National Women's Soccer League. Wow. It, it, Sarah, I know it's a long intro, but to me, you're a really good friend.
0: We so. Um, ah, Hi. How are Thank you? you. I'm definitely going to cry in this podcast. I feel, oh it. <laughs> I feel like coming.
1: Bring up the ratings. That's what we want to do. But Sarah, I know it's a lot a lot a lot to say, right? Because you've done so much, but I'm so glad that you're on this. On this uh, on this episode, and before we begin, we talk about anything. I want to ask you a question, and this is what we do with all of our guests: is what is the coolest thing, the greatest thing, the best thing about being Latinx for you?
0: Oh man, Ugh. the first word that comes to mind is just the emotion, and you can do it okay. in different languages. Okay. You can say I, and it means like you poor thing, or your great thing, or like oh that's so sweet. I mean, there's like just so many like emotions conveyed with one word. Um, and we've got, you know, many of them right in Spanish. I can't remember what the ratio is for Spanish to English, right? When you, when you translate something into Spanish, there's like 20 more words that, that come with it. Um, yeah. So I think language is a piece of it. And then just like, even within the Latino culture, there's the multiculturalism there and some of the differences as much as there are similarities. So maybe, maybe that's uh, so It's the way, way to word.
1: express yourself. Is that what you mean? Like just because there's so many, you're not stuck into one language right? But it's the multicultural aspect of it where you can be expressive within different languages, different emotions, uh,
2: which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that that was a more succinct way to put it, a more elegant way we saw. No,
2: no. Now, I like it. When you say emotion, I think passion, which is one of the ways that I think, one of the coolest things that I think our, our culture being Latinx, you know, provides us with just like, you know, you say something in Spanish and it just means, I feel like it means so much more. It carries so much more weight than, than in English. It's
1: funny because that could be even more like a, like a, like a stereotype almost where like, ah, son bien lloronas or ah, son bien enojonas. And it's kind of like, you you know, the temperament, if we want to go by that, right. But it, it comes along with this sense of passion and, and, and even you know, just being happy or being mad, but at a, at, a, at a bigger rate than everybody, because yeah. there are with different cultures are a little bit different, right? If it's más secas, la gente europea, maybe, you know, if you I, um my father lived in lives in Poland, and he says they're very, very dry with the way they talk and it's like their emotions are you know, so it's like they they look at any, anyone that's Latinx, it's like this happy, enjoyable, and you can see that if you've traveled around the world. So, okay,
0: I get it. Yeah, yeah. I for, yeah. yeah, For the most part, I think you're right. And like, think about people, people, even if they don't understand Spanish, would much rather watch a Spanish broadcast and, and yeah. football and soccer than English anytime, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. Definitely. It goes into the
1: end of the party. Okay, so cool. Yeah. So we've we've heard food you know this and now now we're hearing you know emotions i like it so it's, it's already very different but um again welcome to N- nidiaqui podcast and uh we're going to have a conversation with you sarah we're, we we want to know first of all you are an nwsl owner I was born in puerto rico uh, is there anybody else let's just say in that you know as far as puerto rican owners of a professional soccer club in the in the us mm. I don't know about
0: well, J Lo. I think has a a,
1: oh. a, a minority stake oh, okay. in the office. That's true. That's true. Then you get into like the celebrity that's more of an investment.
0: That's but true. I it's want to throw in there. Hey, hey, it's an investment too for oh, us. Get it. You know. I, get I, get it, but I
1: think. I think. You just got done going to the games, and you have first of all, J never sent me a shirt. You sent me a <laughs> shirt. So, so I'm just gonna say it's a little bit above more than just hey, I'm gonna throw my money at it because you, yeah, you live for that's football. True. You live for soccer, and I know this, Sarah. So. Um, I guess so. Yeah. There's some, there's some celebrity ownership,
0: and non-celebrity. I, yeah. Right. Yeah, non-celebrity. See that, but. I, I would imagine in Puerto Rico, right.
2: Maybe some local baseball teams. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Um, you're doing it in the U S which I think is, is really, really impressive. And you're, you're owner of a, of a professional women's professional soccer team in a league that um you know, if we compare it to men's, it's fairly new and, and it's just growing. And I think personally, I think that's very impressive i think you're uh setting an example for um anybody out there you know that that thinks it's not possible you're showing us that it is
0: definitely damn janelle okay you're right i was i was i was yeah selling myself short you're right you're right i'm one of the few that's not a celebrity in the in the u.s doing it
2: you're a celebrity me,
0: so i accept that you're
2: right um you're not allowed to sell yourself so sell yourself short here i'm gonna like i'm gonna keep keep you up there for sure first of
1: all while you guys are talking i was like has there ever been a podcast where an owner is on with another player from another country? Like, and there's a host in it I keep, we keep, we keep doing this. Like I bet you there's never been a time where an owner of a football team is, is podcasting with a player. And I guarantee there's never been, I bet you it's, 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 it's no surprise that it's women because we're always doing more than just one thing. Right. It's not just, I'm just an owner. I'm an owner is um, a player, but she's not only a player. And Sarah, you're definitely just not an owner. Knowing you and everything that you've done, so I think this is pretty cool. So it's already a first. Damn, one.
0: we so yeah, you, you guys are breaking barriers with this podcast for sure, or uh, bringing new ideas and concepts, no doubt. Yes, yeah,
1: so we can't just stay into something in 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 one road. We we have to venture out. Okay, but let's talk about um, from being born in Puerto Rico, right? And uh, let's just say. To being an NWSL owner, right, in there, that Nidia key lifestyle. And when we talked about, you know, what is that moment? And we talked about our, in, in our intro part with Janelle and I, where you don't necessarily feel that at the very moment people understand of where you're from, right? And to you, and we'll talk a little bit about later, uh, about for us, it's maybe Nidia key Nidia But to you, Sarah, it's Nidia key Nidia Ya. And media, yeah, because you don't just have two cultures, you have another one. So tell us, first of all, where you're born, and then just how you got to where you're at.
0: Oh, boy, yeah, this is, I'm going to try and be short about it. So so born in San Juan, Puerto Rico, my mom's Puerto Rican, so Uriqua. My dad is Palestinian, and um, so you've got very two interesting dynamics right there. Both, you know, parents grew up with like a, you know, essentially in colonies, right, in colonial the territories by um these very very powerful countries and i'm just now like digesting that a little bit so those so we've got that um moved to the states when i was three but officially settled in chicago um probably at late three and i remember my best friend since i was four years old um we're still best friends and the first time we met we lived we moved upstairs into the upstairs apartment and to this day she's like yeah and she's like you spoke to me in Spanish right so Spanish was definitely my first language Mm -hmm. and, um, but she grew up, she was born in Chicago, grew up in Chicago. And so her Spanish is not as good or so she thinks. Right. So I always think that's like a funny, I don't remember that. I don't remember Spanish being my first language, but it was right. And then the first memory of being like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I just said that right. Was going to elementary school. And my dad was always worried about us eating pork because he's Muslim. So he would pack our lunches. So I, to this day, I don't eat pork. And I, I identify as Muslim, but I'm not super um, observant. And uh, so he would make lunch and it would be hummus, you know, or it'd be falafel. Or it would be, um, oh, what's in the Oh, fried cauliflower, right? right? And it would they would always be in pita bread, right? So not even, you know, white bread, not even tortillas. It was Arab food because it's all he really wanted. He didn't want, you know, anything that wasn't home cooked and he only wanted my mom to cook Arab food. So I remember going to school and when my, I had a, a good friend in, in elementary school, she would, uh, when she had turkey lunches, she would split half her turkey sandwich with me and I would split half my hummus pita bread with her. And that we would and that's how we ate lunch every day. And I was always sad when she would come with a ham sandwich cause she knew like, you know, <laughs> like I couldn't eat it. She knew I couldn't eat it, but she didn't want to tell her mom. So anyway, that's like the earliest like memory of, of just the different cultures.
1: Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it's funny when you say that, because as kids, it's like, well, that's, you don't see anything else. Like, you know, you, you're you kind of going by like, this is what everybody does, no? I mean, you know, when you're coming in here and then um, Palestinian and Puerto Rican, it's not like you see that connection ever. I don't think I have. And, and within our Latinx culture, um, you know, you might see other cultures, right, right coming in or, or African-American, but Palestinian in there and it's already acid that's just that's just very uh special i have to say but at the same time it doesn't happen very often right you know
0: i say i jokingly say <laughs> i'm like this is a terrible expression but like i'm like oh i'm like the poor man's version of shakita
2: you know like that's <laughs> it's a very very interesting combination and i think it's it, it's pretty cool so what what happened next once your, your life in chicago how how did that develop yeah you know so so what i didn't mention was that we grew up in a mexican neighborhood right so of all the identities i feel like i
0: i know the most about mexican culture right
2: even though that's cool
0: yeah yeah puerto rican mom Palestinian dad and so when i go to puerto rico my aunt's like oh you know i like, I don't think i have any accent people are just like where is she from and that's kind of it but i would say you know so we went to i went to a bunch of different schools one was like the first school was a magnet program with with a lot of white kids up on the north side, which is typically more affluent. Then it was too far. Then my mom put us in the local school, which is mostly Mexican. And it wasn't, it wasn't a great school, unfortunately. And then ultimately kind of found this in-between grammar school where it was a mix of everybody. So you had Latinos, you had a little white, you had black, you had Arab, you had Asian. And that's where I wound up. And I was always a good student. Like I followed the rules. As like the firstborn, you know, you, know, you know, not first generation, kind of first
2: generation. That's, I'm always like, where do I fit? right? Um, that that That's a, I'm sure we're going to have a whole podcast about what first generation and second generation even there's means. There's a lot of debate of
1: there with what is first generation, and what's second generation, so we'll sure Yeah, we'll be- you know,
2: yeah, and
0: then, like, my mom being Puerto Rican, like, I'm not, we're that techni- technically immigrants, but my dad is, and so, anyway, there's a lot of conversations like that, and, uh, but I was always a good student, you know, I'm the oldest daughter, I got three younger brothers, so I'm, like, a, I'm, like, always, like, regañando mis. You know, like me was yeah. like, you guys gotta study, you gotta do good. So I was always like a type A student. Um And even though I knew I wasn't Mexican, like no, I never felt like I wasn't welcome in the neighborhood. Like, really, it wasn't, which was really wonderful. Like that was great. So I never felt like out of place.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: And my dad, I don't think my dad. People would always joke like they say he looked like Julio. This yes, so he didn't really look, you know, like the traditional like Arab features. But anyway. um, it wasn't until I got to college without work until I was like really aware of like identity and culture and just, you know, I hate, I really hate the word minority in mm-hmm. as a description to describe, right. Um, underrepresented populations, but that's where I felt like, oh, wow. When I, it wasn't until I got to college, which is 20 minutes away that I realized that the Latino population was like Maybe, you know, like the I had one sociology class, professor like, oh, what do you, you know, part of the population do you think is, you know, Hispanic and black? And I was like, oh, 30 percent black, you know, like 30 percent Mexican or 30 percent Latino. And I was like way off of my numbers. I was like, you know, it wasn't even that high. But I didn't know that until I got to college. And that's when I, 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 I had never been around so many white people in my life that I immediately gravitated to anybody who was black or brown. Um, yeah. For Asian in you know South Asian and that was like my first kind of real um I don't know like education about like who was I where did I come from I still have books I bought my freshman year of college like an anthology about Boricuas it was you know prisoners of colonialism the struggle for justice in Puerto Rico like these are, these are my college books are right here um I told you I was a nerd and it was college that really kind of made me think about, like, identity, and who I was, and where I fit in, or where I thought I fit in.
1: Did you ever feel like, I mean, and back to the knee, I that, that in college, you know, you were saying you were a lot of white people, but, like, not that you didn't fit in, but maybe there was, you were not accepted because of that? I mean, because of where you come from, and spe- specifically how you know, how different you were than normal, I would say, you know, people go, oh, okay, you're Hispanic, you're Mexican, or you're Hispanic, you're from this country, yeah, well, you're Puerto Rican, and you're Palestinian, you're practicing Muslim, like, (laughs) you know, it's in, and in that sense, were there any times where you, you know, from teachers, or from people that didn't mean to give you that, you don't necessarily fit in?
0: Um, I would say it was maybe, um, hmm, I don't know, I would say, actually more on the Arab side of things. Yeah, um, of course. Only because, only now is it okay or more okay to talk about freedom for Palestine. Whereas mm-hmm. before, if you vocalize that, you were anti-Semitic, right? So my, and even my, my like, maiden name- And right now, maiden,
1: it's not like it's, oh, everyone can say it and you gotta be careful or whatever. Right, it's such like, a,
0: and not that I hid who somebody. I was, but I was always like, and you can't, like my last name, my my, my maiden name is, it's like, it's like Muslim, right? Like Muslim, So it gets, that's pretty Arab, you know? And um, so I think at least people would know where I was coming from when I voiced my opinions, but for my thoughts. Um, I, yeah. So it's, and the other thing is so that that's the only time I felt at least at that age where I didn't feel totally welcome. And, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Cause there's so many, I'm like, there, I'm like thinking about so many things, but that's where I was just more like, you know, but Oh, that's what I was going to say. I, I am friendly, right? So even if people didn't want me around. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, how are you? I right? love like, I <laughs> so, you know, maybe they didn't necessarily who I was in that moment, but like I was like one of the more social people on campus because it's a, yeah. like a bunch of nerds that were in school. Um, I think, you know, maybe I disarmed them a little bit. And so I always, I, you know, let's say I always felt welcome, but I will say things like, you know, I have mean, a muchacho, you know, that I like, but in and almost though I wasn't blonde and blue eyed, and yeah, so that was that, you know. And so in those kind of ways, like I feel like maybe I wasn't accepted because I didn't look like somebody they'd be interested in. Again, yeah. this is like silly, like romantic ideals, right? No, yeah, no, but
2: not so silly. I think there's, I think it holds holds a lot of weight. Um, definitely holds a lot of weight.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you're in college, and I'm sure there's a lot of things to have before. And, and for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> but uh we um you are working we we're kind of talking about our, this podcast is is centered around soccer centered around football and everything that you do it looks like we're like all right this what connects us all is football and, and Sarah, i've got a chance for those of you who don't know to, to to been working with you for the last three or four years on really cool campaigns with, with full Nation and and um, and awesome things with the Mexican national team. Which, when you say I was around, you know, Mexicans when I grew up, and working with the, the Mexican national team on on sponsorships that you've had work with, it's I always, you know, I for me, it's of course, yeah. You're, you're so friendly, and you love our people, and our people saying Mexicans, right? Because there's so much division sometimes within our culture, which is which is kind of cool to say, It's cool to see. But um, how? When, when when did you decide? You know, especially with with your with what you do with soccer. I know you worked at MLS before, right? Um, and you know, was it marketing? Was it sports? Like, what brought you to where you're at? Bef- you know, now.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I think I got super lucky and found myself in amazing positions. Um, I think one of the things I, I was I, I even though I worked on campus in the athletics department, I fell into sports professionally. Um, through a job, basically, I worked at a law firm where they had a huge sports practice, and I had a, I was going to move to New York, and I was like, "Who's hiring?" And I got a job at MLB. That's definitely a place I did not feel welcomed in. Like, definitely not as a Latina, and definitely not as a woman. Right? So, MLB, Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, as a Latina, I mean, it's isn't it a sport with like the percentage of more Latinx players. In, uh, you would think they would you know, kind of connect the dots playing. there. Mm-hmm. Well, and sorry to stop you there. Like oh, that's that's just kind of surprising. What was it that you did not feel welcome as a Latinx and as a an
0: It old? was, it was, um, you know. So even though it was, you know, there's a lot of um, Latinos that played baseball in the in the commissioner's office. There was one very high ranking, who was Puerto Rican um, executive who was, of course, cool with everybody, right? And but that was kind of the only one. There weren't mm-hmm. too many other people. Um, In the commissioner's office So that's one Two It's all hueros Right So I'm exaggerating I'm not exaggerating It was like Let's say like 80% To 90% hueros And they all knew each other They all got jobs Because Their dad worked there Or Dad was an owner Or They played You know Baseball with You know uh, uh, Another executive Right So it was very much Like the the definition Of an old boys club Is like That was MLB For sure So, and, and I thought, well, if I work really hard and I think I'm a smart, you know, intelligent person, like I'm going to get recognized and elevated. Well, none of that happened. I hated it from like the very first day when I told my boss, yeah, yeah, it was just like, put your head down, keep working. Um, And I try not to judge her now because that's what, that's what at the time, what she had to do. But I, there, they were, there were interns interns that were like quote unquote below me who became GMs and I never got seen nobody saw me beyond the assistant level
2: do you, you think know? that's because you're you're a woman
0: oh for sure like 100 percent.
2: yeah 100 percent. didn't matter if we had the same
0: credentials because like where I went to you know I went to a top 10 college and they went to Dartmouth and Harvard too but academically we're on the same page but in terms of opportunities I was not treated the same at all
2: I think that's like um, just a prime example of how intersectionality plays a role, right? You're a woman, you're um, Latinx, ni de aquí, ni like we said. Uh, and you're trying to make a name for yourself in this, you know, industry dominated by white men. So I can just imagine how difficult that must have, must have been for you, especially having a woman, you said a woman was your boss, right? And her telling you to just, you know, just put your head down and work. It's like, ooh, how did you... Managed like deal with that what did you do about it
0: you know i tried to raise my hand and say you know i'm interested in learning this um and talk to and i and i hate to say it but i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna say it like i looking back i'm like oh my god i did this not that i stopped but i tried not to hang out with the other latinas that were you know assistants or secretaries i went to like where the white guys were sitting at the lunch table yeah and there was a couple cool ones, you know, but for the most part, I'm like, this is not, this is not working for me either. So I realized, and I, you know, I, again, I, I don't, I'm not, the, I've never been the type of person to like, be like, oh, you know, you're not cool enough or what, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't like dismissing anybody. Cause I know what it feels like to be dismissed. Mm-hmm. So I see value in everyone, but I thought, if I keep hanging out with, you know, with the girls, I'm not going to get seen any other way. Right. Um, but then I tried to go hang out with the guys and it didn't really make a difference there. Right. So I got maybe a couple of projects here and there, but ultimately I was like, you know what, I got to go. So, uh, but I couldn't go so I stayed for two years. This is my boyfriend. My boyfriend at the time was going to med school and I was like, you know, the one making money to pay the rent. So I went, what I did decide to do was get my MBA part-time. So I want, I kept the full-time job. James was on my, you know, healthcare. He was my domestic partner because that's how I could get him, you know, his, him on my healthcare plan. And I just went to business school and it was through business school where I met a classmate, um, super, super cool guy that I'm, you know, I'm still really good friends with. And he's like, hey, Sarah, there's a position open at Major League Soccer. It's, in, it's focused on the Hispanic market. Like, are you interested? It's, it's marketing and sponsorship. I was like, oh my God, I would love to, but I've got zero background. Even though I was Latina, I didn't see myself as a Hispanic marketer, right? He's like, just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. And um, this is like one of my favorite stories to tell. So he sends my resume in and and, um, and he's like a great, like super cool, like Jewish kid from New York, you know? And he sent my resume to this guy, Carlo Castilla, who's hiring. Carlo is a Nicaraguan, fascinating background, super smart. Carlo sees my resume and he sees Chicago. He sees University of Chicago on my resume. And so we have a phone interview. He's like, oh, he says, um, University of Chicago. He's a great school he said, do you, are you from Chicago? I said, yeah. He said, what part? And I was like, what do you mean what part? Like in Chicago, we're really like, neighborhoods are really important. Yeah. Times, right. Yeah. And so, and so I was like, mm, I'm from the South side. He's like, no, 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 but where on the South but side? The and I was south. like, he, I was like a little village. He's like, you're from La Vita and which is a neighborhood that I grew up in, which is all Mexican. And I was like, yeah, he's like, he's like, we need you. He's like, we need somebody that understands the Mexican market. And I was like, wait, 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 I'm not Mexican. You know, I had to like stop him right there. And like, I am not Mexican. I don't claim to be Mexican. He's like, you are the closest thing to the Mexican we've seen. (laughs) Wow. And so he brought me in for the interview. And then, and that's, that's where my, my soccer career kind of took off was him like really asking like simple, but like really insightful questions. And he asked me to come in at, in like five minutes into the interview. He's like, can we do the interview in Spanish? I said, Oh my God. I said, yeah. I said, I don't know. There's going to be some words like sponsorship and business language. I have no idea, you know, how to say in Spanish. Um, but I got the job.
2: So you were able to do it. You did it in Spanish. I did it. I interviewed in
0: Spanish. I was like, Oh my God. And And I learned, you know, but it's like all these things, even soccer words in Spanish. I didn't even know, you know,
1: so for the record, Sarah knows Spanish completely well. She's done. <laughs> uh, she's hosted meetings with fans and Mexican fans and, and, and Mexican players. And she, by the way, yeah, she knows, she says. She,
0: That's she really nice. It's, okay. it's one of those things where like I can you know, easily follow the novela, noticias, everything. But when I just like public speaking, when I'm in front of people, I can barely speak English. So my Spanish feels like I'm tripping up. You know, but I think and I've got Gianelli in front of me. I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I want to, I want to throw out Spanish words, but like, I'm like, I'm like nervous. And so
1: I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus I even that, that like- topic, even that topic, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, we have to speak the perfect Spanish in order to be considered, like, That's you true. know, whatever yeah. that country is. And it's, people are so, man, that could be another cool, another episode we have because people feel so bad not speaking the Spanish because, oh, someone, I know. oh yeah, you're definitely not, you know, whatever, right? And, and
0: I don't we, like that. I, I think so, that's horrible. We are
1: so, I mean, we, we the word pocho is used in such um, discriminatory way because people don't speak Spanish. You know how hard it is to learn a language outside of the native speaking language, regardless if your parents are full, like, you know, I think Janelle yeah. you know, and I, we go through that all the time, right? It's like, you know, we want to make sure we speak the language correctly and Janelle's in Mexico City, so she's there, right? And even I'm here and there might be a word that I cannot conjugate right or oh god you know to 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 put in the calendar calendarizar, right like (laughs) i am like i'm like i'm saying in a meeting and it's and it's like someone looking at me like oh gosh yeah i gotta deal with you today you know
2: i think think what's interesting is that um like something that happens so often and just in in the league right now is right there's there's foreigners there's mexican-americans in the league and some of my teammates um they don't speak spanish as well as I do or as other people do, right? And so the, the Spanish speaking players will laugh at them for, for saying something incorrectly in Spanish. But then I say, but do you speak English? Are you bilingual? And they're kind of like, oh. I'm like, yeah. So anybody for anybody out there listening, right? If you're bilingual and, and maybe one of you know, English, Spanish, or whatever other languages you speak. Maybe if one of them isn't that perfect or great, that's okay. Just the fact that you're trying to speak it and that you can express yourself and get the message across, man, I think that just holds so much value.
1: You, you so, what, so, say
2: yeah. your things in Spanish, Sarah. Go you ahead.
1: Know, you want to know what's what sucks about this whole thing is that I, I completely agree. And I obviously been in the US, right? And I have, I have a brother that came here when he was one. And completely understands it, has, a, has an accent like you are born here, but you're Hispanic parents in that sense where, ah, it's gringo, but, you know, he's Hispanic and he's Mexican, so you have that. But you know what, what, makes, what makes me mad the most is that anybody that looks brown and doesn't speak Spanish correctly, people make fun of. But the minute somebody that's white and speaks Spanish broken up, people are like, oh, my gosh, you low Spanish. I'm so, wow, that's so awesome. Like anybody sees, hears Matt Damon or 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 um or Ben Affleck speak Spanish, are like applauding it. That's so great that they know, right? But in anybody that's brown, oh well, you're not. You're, you're you should look the part. You know, you should you should Spanish. I'm just like, man, people are so bought into that. But yeah, I think that's,
2: that's cool. Yeah, we need to just. Uh, Respect each other more in that sense. Like there isn't just one way to do it. Like we all come from different places. We all have different stories, different upbringings, and like some people are going to speak it better than others. And
0: yeah.
2: who cares?
1: Like, and even then, even then, within the language, and if you don't know another language, you're not speaking it correctly because other yeah. people speak it better or they have more diction or whatever.
2: We, we sidetracked a bit. So no, this right, is good. Uh, it. Back,
1: I mean, th- these these little subjects that we try to get our minds off because this is what we do. This podcast. Okay, you're working now. In, in soccer, with MLS, um, you know, as the Nike lifestyle, okay, MLB was kind of a scratch, but now, you know, now you're starting to see that it's it's, it's a little more, um, there's a lot more people that look like you or ideas that come in, in there, right? Um, so yeah, so was there ever a time where, and, you know, we've worked together on some cool marketing projects um, where there? I love our work. I love it. I love it too. I love it too. And just a quick little plug for an awesome, awesome, awesome commercial that we did with Wells Fargo and the Mexican national team, which we did really cool uh, things. But uh, um, if you haven't watched that video, definitely watch it. Um, But as far as, and here's the questions, you're now in in, in a position of of making decisions, right? In marketing campaigns Mm. and stuff like that. But was there ever a time where just what you were trying to convey as far as a message with who you are? people were just not getting it, you know, in the the audience or in the campaigns or anything like that. And how did you, you know, what did you do in order to? Yeah,
0: I, I, um, Get it. the the great thing I would say, and you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind back a little bit to college, bring it back to MLS and then maybe now to my current job. So I left, I left La Vita, went to college 20 minutes away and I would go to a restaurant seat every once in a while and all the Latinos were there. They were like the bus boys and, like, I and they would be like, so shy and like, right. Like, please don't talk to me. <laughs> right. Let me just get my work done. And, move. and I was like, what is this? And it wasn't until I left the neighborhood that I realized just how fearful uh, the undocumented folks were. Right. Mm-hmm. When I started, um, working at Mexican national, with the Mexican national team through, through MLS, through soccer marketing. That's when I found like real purpose in the work I did, um, which was, all right, it's sports, it's commercial, it's um, sponsorship, right? These are people's like maybe least favorite things about sports. It's too, you know, it's too corporate, but I found purpose in being able to be part of um, a program in the United States that allowed people from, you know, from, from Mexico to come, you know, like we all know about the the guys. So I was in an apartment building next door. There was probably 10 mariachi guys that lived in the apartment building, like, you know, a two bedroom apartment, maybe three bedroom apartment next door who busted their asses playing mariachi, right. On the weekends or at night, save their money to send back home. Right. It was all about back home, back home, back home, but they would save their money and be able to, they'd be able to save a little bit um, to buy a ticket and a Jersey a beer and 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 be proud to be Mexican, in the United States. Yeah. And so that's something I really love, and it's what what's that's what kept me in the job I've had for so many years today, um, at a bank, you know, at Wells Fargo. But it was really that moment through or that experience through um, through MLS that made me like really excited. I'm like, these are the Mexicans I know, right? Who are proud to be Mexican and are not like hiding because they're afraid they're going to be discovered, right? Without papers. Um, so it's kind of, that's kept me here now, how that's, how that's translated, like how those experiences have trailed it to my, my workplace. It, it does, it really does. Um, and it has in the past, like there's been things like, uh, when Trump came into office, right. And I was like, shit, this sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And we sponsored the Mexican national team. Let's create a campaign that shows this important segment to the bank, this growing segment to the bank that we, we value who they are. And we know this is a really hard time. And, you know, we, we couldn't be super direct about it, but we had, that was a whole campaign um, that we involved, Marco Fabian and Landon Donovan that caused all types of, you know, commotion. Um, and it was, I remember being on the, I remember driving, I was on a four hour drive and I remember talking to our ad agency about me telling, you know, saying like, I would love to do a, a TV campaign, which doesn't always happen. We don't always have the budget for it. And I'm in a small department within marketing. We don't have, TV campaign money. I have to go and find it from other places, right? And said, like, this sucks that Trump is, you know, about to take over this, you know, the, the presidency. We sponsor the Mexican national team. Um, it's a, sorry, sorry. It's a, our year into his his presidency. World Cup is happening. We sponsored the Mexican national team. U.S. didn't make it. <laughs> U.S. didn't make it. So let's put out a message about, um, I don't want, we weren't even using words like inclusion then, right? It was, um, sportsmanship, neighbors coming together, cheer each other on, right? And so that was like a big piece. And I I guided a lot of the messaging in that campaign with our with our um, creative team and actually took the We saw, I, you, I introduced you to them. That was like maybe one of the first things we did together, the ad agency was there. And I was like, I want you guys to come to a Mexico match, come yeah. to a post-game meet and greet and just see how the fans react, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like one example right there. Um, I've had other examples where our marketing agency, not Hispanic, has created, you know, a experiential like fan zone and they've used language that essentially translated like stay out, you know, like without proper documentation. And I was like, we can't say this, right? Like yeah. you had to make sure you sign like paperwork. And it just sounded like we're saying stay, you know, don't cross this border. And I was like, we can't, we can't have that language. Right. Yeah. Um, um, been, oh, go ahead. No,
1: no, no. And it's funny that you say that, and that the importance of having the people that, that in marketing, right? What is your audience? Great. Now have people that are working on campaigns that know the audience or are part of the audience. Like I, I know of a, of a company with a football team that wanted to do like tickets to the Hispanic community. Um, and it was like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll do this, do this drawing and do this um, uh, like giveaway, and then we'll give you tickets to to, to, to go back to, um, I mean, to go to your country, to go to Mexico, and it was like, the campaign was like, go back to Mexico.
0: <laughs> everyone's horrible. like, Whoa. Oh my God. Right? I'm laughing, it, I shouldn't be laughing, but that is
1: horrible. It, it is horrible, right? But the, the, the Marley, white, he's like, oh yeah, you can go back to your country and visit it. And it's like, it's right. other people can't go back to the country. They don't know right. the word that we've heard, Janelle. How many times have we heard, well, then go back to Mexico? Like just me. I've heard it so many times because of I like the Mexican house team. Well then why don't you go back to Mexico? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it was like right. that was a that was the tagline. I won't name what count yeah
0: I know? I won't it's name so embarrassing. I'm just embarrassed for people like that. Although you know, just 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 take just think about it. And so whenever, even though like I speak Spanish, I always make sure that somebody like Guillermo or Wiso uh are taking a quick look at it. Um, just to make sure there are, you know, cause again, I'm not Mexican. Right. So like, there's all these different nuances. Like I am always worried about stepping into uh, yeah. a landmine that I did not see coming. Right. That's personal bias. It's, you know, lack of awareness. It's, you know, again, I, I would never assume.
2: I think you're already one step ahead though, by just, you know, thinking about those things like you know you recognize that you have a personal bias and very few people recognize that so i mean i think that that, that's probably a major reason why you are where you are now right because you're so aware of of those things yeah i I mean it's definitely not yeah yeah i i I hope i'm not too far behind
0: maybe i'm like a half step ahead but i'm on this this dni task force right now with the courage and i'm like oh my god you know like i'm so scared that i'm gonna miss something Mm-hmm. you know, around LGBTQ, you know, programming, or, yeah. um, uh, I'm trying to think what's another, um, maybe not, uh, you know, maybe Hispanic heritage. Cause you know, we got the same old mindset, but I'm yeah. terrified, like, you know, of making a mistake there.
1: I, I, that's kind of why I surround myself with people that don't look like me, that are women that are, you know, it's, I, I have people that I work close. I'm like, Hey, does, how does it sound? Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Okay, let's change it because I thought it sounded okay. Um, but, we so credit
0: to you, credit to you and Guillermo for seeing the value of women, um, just in society and as well as sports. Oh so
1: no, I wanna. so it was easy. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both. If if, if that's Regional what we're smart about, I agree. I'm there with you. No, <laughs> so, like you know, I've I've learned real fast that that uh, I, you know, surrounding yourself with women is is the best because, and especially in work that you do right now. Cause uh, yeah. Um, continuing, you know, uh, you know obviously these are great. I mean, these needy key moments that you have and, and being as a woman and, and now with um, just talk a little bit about owning the NWSL, mm-hmm. and the courage. Um, but also, I mean, if you go within your life path, it's not like you went in a straight away, you're gonna marry a Latinx person because you <laughs> worked with, you worked with, you know, you grew up with Mexicans and then you work in the in, in this landscape. Let's just stink in there. No, no, no. You you went to another Nidiaki moment, you know, almost um, and you know, you, you talked a little bit about your partner and he's 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 a doctor, but even then the cultural spans in your circle.
0: Yes. 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 So, so Mi marido de Haití is Haitiano, morenito, um, and that, um, and <laughs> Haiti. Yeah. He was also immigrant, you know, he was born there, moved here when he was, I think six as well. He didn't become a U.S. citizen until, until 18 when he had to, when he wanted to go to college. Um, yeah. And also Caribbean, you know, for Caribbean, but he does not have the Caribbean. He, he is, he's kind of like a curmudgeon of you know, like just like not, 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 there's no, there's no, whole. there's not a lot of passion with him. It's just like all work. Right. But, but no, I, this is a part where I was like, man, I wonder if this doesn't come up and like, maybe I'll tear up here, but you know, my, mi papá no, está enojado. like, what do you mean? Está con negrito, you know, and yeah. he's not Muslim. And like, what are people going to say? And, um, you know, we've tried to repair the relationship, you know, with me and my dad, and I haven't talked to him in 15 years, you know, and I'm like, Bobby, like, how can you be like this cuando casaste con mami, like, this doesn't make any sense, but the patriarchy, different, there are different standards for women, right, and so, um, I'm, I, I'm happy with the choice I made, um, I don't I think regret that,
2: that's, that, but it's that's all that matters, yeah,
0: yeah, but it just, it just sucks, right, like, and, and, um, Yeah, it's just too bad, you know, and I still like, even though like I'm not close to my dad anymore, like there's still parts of like, I think the older I get, the more proud I am about being Latina, Puerto Rican, Palestinian, like maybe it's age where you're like, okay, I've only got, you know, this much, this many days ahead of me in life. And it's uh, like appreciating like the culture more than I did when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, when you talk, yeah, like we would go to the Middle East and I couldn't do anything because I was a girl right? Like you couldn't laugh loud. It wasn't super restrictive, but the, and I don't know if your parents, if this happens with your parents, but when my dad came here, he kept the same ideals, but back home changed. Everybody is like Ah. society has changed. And like these old way mindsets, are cambiado. So he's like stuck in the past in the United States when in Palestine, it's so different, you know? So it's, it's, it's really fascinating. I'm trying to be more understanding of like that, you know, what does it feel like to be essentially like my dad left because my grandfather got kicked out of Palestine because he fought for the country and Israel was like, you're out of here. And so, right. So he moved, my grandfather moved to Colombia. So my dad followed him. My dad lived in Bogota for some years. And then they knew. I don't know. There's a handful. Maybe not. There's probably more Palestinians in Puerto Rico than I realized. And they moved to Puerto Rico, and that's where he met my mom. So
2: I think, I think it's uh, for just for our listeners. They they, they can't see your emotion, but we, so and I can. And I'm gonna lie. I I feel like um, I'm probably like I can get like I'm holding back tears too. Right. I see the emotion in your face because uh, when you said that, uh, you know, you married a a, a morenito from India, and your dad didn't accept you, and it was just like whoa. Like I f- directly relate to that. Right. You know? Um, and then you mentioned that, you know, 15 years with, without talking to your dad, I mean, I same thing, or right? I've been working on rebuilding the, the relationship with my dad, because, you know, when I, uh, when they realized that um, I was gay, they were just like, what do you mean you're going to be with a girl? I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then something that I normally don't share, but I think it's important to share. Cause you mentioned it uh, you know, and my mom's going to hate me for this, but you know, the first thing, the first time she accepted that she's like, okay, you're going to love a girl. She's like, well, con que no sea morenita. and it was like, oh yeah. Right. Right. Like, that hurt. But I think it's just so important yeah. to share and I And I appreciate your vulnerab- vulnerability in sharing that because uh, it's real, you know, this is real and it happens to a lot of people. And I think just people should know that, like you said, you are happy with your decision and that's all that matters. You're happy with your decision and you're happy and, and look at where you are now. I think that it's just an example of that. Like when you are, you know, you do things with conviction and you know, your purpose, which you mentioned, right. You found your purpose, Uh, man, that holds so much weight and it can take you so far. So uh, I appreciate you opening up like that. I think it's great. Yeah.
0: Thank you. And you know, Janelle, knowing about your story too, I was like, well, you know, I was like, is this going to come up? Is this going to help? I was like, well, she's, she's out there. I'm out there too then. And Here we go. And I, you know, I'm not like a closed book, but it's, it's, I don't know. I think there's, yeah, I don't know some, you know, I'm, I'm okay talking about like stuff, Mm -hmm. but not everybody asks about it. Right. So thank you for, for caring enough to, to ask, but yeah, no, it's in Puerto Rico too. They say, and my mom's like, Oh, you know, Puerto Rico, there's no, there's, you know, there wasn't anything like racism until we came to the U S and I'm like, bullshit, oh, you know, like,
2: yeah, oh, the yeah.
0: first thing when you were saying the first thing my, my, my titi said, it was like, but si malo. I'm like, oh my God, really? I just so, want to uh,
2: clarify too, for uh, for the listeners. My mom is so open-minded now. She has came a long oh, way. She is, wow. I'm just literally I never thought I would have the relationship I have now with my parents, but my mom specifically has opened up so much. And she's recognized like, oh man, I'm wrong. I, you know, I have these, like you said, like ideals from back home that they just don't work anymore and they don't yeah. fit anymore. And she recognized that. And I'm so grateful for that, uh, which is really, really cool. I'm so glad you have that. I'm so
0: glad. And like, I, I think it's okay to be like, man, this is, this is what I thought. And it was wrong. Right. I think evolution is so important. I'm sure I had some, like, I know I was judgmental, you know, in high school. And I think the older that it's interesting, the older I get, I think the more accepting I am about things, but, um, I think at least I want to be, I think so. But like, I remember having the conversation about black lives matter with my mom and my mom's like, but all lives matter. Like maybe if they came up with a different slogan, I'm like, ma, (laughs) <laughs> this is not for you yeah. to decide what you know, like my mom's she's Puerto Rican, but yeah, yeah. She has green eyes. She's fair skin. And she's like, well, I've been discriminated against cause of my accent. I said, but ma, nobody knows you're Puerto Rican until you open your mouth. You know, like no. she's getting there. She's, she gets it now. She gets it now. So I'm with you. I'm with, I'm with you, Janet. you. You said you,
1: yeah, you said two things that I don't think everybody that anybody thinks about my parents are the way they are. And it goes back to, yeah, but where they're from, they're not like that anymore right like they like mm-hmm. they serve you know just like you said you know they kind of evolved if fifth in Mexico generally you know back when I was in Mexico being gay are you serious like it'd be right and now it's more accepting also in Mexico and maybe now it's more but people that have moved to the United States continue to have that and they'll stick with it and maybe you know that happens more often than not we say that so no, thank thank you for sharing that that um, because it's something in our culture, <laughs> our Latinx culture um, where uh, I I grew up with it, where it was it was you know bringing in a somebody that's 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 African American, you know, and the divide that you have in our culture. Now I recently and maybe not I recently asked one of my uncles who always always like his my cousins women he pretty much the same thing as long as he's not black, you know, and he still has that mentality and it's that conversation as to as why like where is it and it came down to the way that he fought against you know in 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 high school where it was like them versus mexicans you know and it was this hatred that they had where gangs right in in phoenix in the very bad yeah yeah it was like you saw somebody that with the wrong color and, and I didn't get to experience that and I don't want to put like oh he has got excuses but there is some type of hatred that they had because if he was he got beat up by gangs before you know of um you know black gangs in the neighborhood and it was like if you didn't stick to your kind if you saw a black guy in your Mexican neighborhood it's your you know and it's like I didn't live through that for me to go dude just get over it it's just but but to him it, it was like this yeah. fear imagine bringing someone like that I'm not excusing it at all yeah right but yeah. it is a different lifestyle. And maybe for him, it's going to be really hard to accept it, and that's something personal. But I, you know, a lot has changed in 15 years. Mm-hmm. A lot has changed mm-hmm. in 20 years. Um, yeah. Do I is he racist? 100, percent he's racist, right? But there's there's something in there that brings that that up, and and I don't know. If that's I don't know everybody else's story, right? I think for other people in our culture, it's well, you know, it's they're not they don't look the part, or their hair, like you said,
0: mm-hmm. just stupid stuff. Just stupid stuff. It's just know. dumb. I also have this is like my my book club over here. The 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 you know, Ibram Kendi, he's a professor. And he wrote um the history Stanford, it's, it's the, his, the History of Racist Ideas in America. And then he also wrote the subsequent book around how to be anti-racist. Mm. Um so he's he was here, he actually lived in the same town I did. And I went to go see here I'm reading everything like that. It's dumb, right? And it's like racist is not from ignorant or hatred, it's like The idea, you need somebody to look down on, upon, right? So you can feel better. Better, yeah. I'm only a third in, like this poor book, I've only been halfway read, but that's like the core that I take away is, a lot of it, you know, is a lot of um, kind of, and I'm no academic by any means, but just how this, I I mean, racism is everywhere for sure, right? But especially in the US, it's how this country was founded. And to keep people in check, you had to be better than somebody else or- Right. Because at one point the Irish were considered black, right? Yeah. Um, and looked down upon. Everybody, Italians I mean, in the 20s and
1: 30s. Italians were considered, you know, yeah. they're not what. Now it's all about skin and, uh, yeah, what's happening. So, wow. It's just so dumb. It's just dumb. So many different topics. And this is exactly why I didn't want to go. This is what we're going to talk about today, Sarah. We're going to talk about just this because I knew bringing, bringing you oh, in, yeah. in, and all the different parts of your life cannot be put into a square and say this is sarah and it's so cool to to have someone oh, i guess not because because there's just so many aspects of your life and this is why we wanted you on so no, no
0: thank you i was i was thinking you're right it's been all because i don't i didn't dance merengue until i got to college <laughs> and i felt less than generally like i felt less than i had my had a, 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 a my girlfriend was Mexican. She's like, what do you mean you don't know how to do this? Med-engue? And I was like, well, because we, we only went to Arab weddings. Like we didn't, you know, and no. I couldn't go <laughs> to right? I couldn't date. I couldn't go out. So. Wow. But now I'm like, let's, let's you know. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. You,
1: you let's said go. something about like now that you're getting older, it feels like you want to be more proud of who you are. And I think mm-hmm. that's very, very common. I think, you know, first, when you're younger, you want to fit in. But when we live in a in a, in a country where, Sure, people look like you, but people in power, people in important, the the um the beautiful person is a blonde, you know, you know, blue eye. Like you, you go, well, I gotta look like that. You might not be sitting with the people in your first job because you wanna be accepted by your other. And and to a point, even on a personal note, I was ashamed of being who I was, mm-hmm. right? Because I was treated differently i um, living in, you know, in Phoenix and in Scottsdale, a very white, white high school. It was like, oh, wait, you're Mexican. And and it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm not. And it's like now you're kind of like, no, I, I should be completely proud of it. Right. Um, and maybe and, and I think once it's older too like accept me for who I am, I think generally and I were like, who cares? I, I don't mind people hating me like I did back in the day. So that's a little bit of it. Right. If you're not going to accept me. I don't give a shit. Right. And the other part is that, you know, you start learning more about who you are, the older that you get. And I think it's very normal. Completely. So,
0: yeah. And then uh, I think, I mean, just thinking about, cause I think I'm, I've, I've got some years on you all, but not by much, not by much, right. Just, you know, yeah, lot, finding, yeah, you know, yeah. what's, what's exciting for me, at least recently is finding, cause I thought I don't see any uh, besides celebrities, like what successful Puerto Ricans are out there? What successful Latinos are out there? What successful Palestinians are out there? Because we've been so free. I mean, that side of the, you know, my my heritage has been so uh, oppressed, right? Like the systems in Palestine are, are in West Bank are built to keep the people down, right? And so when I see success, and I'm just like, oh my God, that's a Palestinian in sports. The creative director for Tiffany, like the, the jewelry brand, she's Palestinian. Like I'm finding all these amazing and Like, you don't have to be like big names or anything, but it's just really wonderful to see, right? This is where they say representation matters. Like, yes, I'm like, and there's people I'm reaching out, like, oh, you're Palestinian, me too. And they're probably like, wait, hold on, you know, <laughs> but like, w- you can find them more in this digital age with it, which I think is wonderful. And I'm hoping, like, for other people that may have felt the same, like us, right? They're seeing, right? They're seeing Donati, they're seeing you, we saw, and what you're able to do, um, as like options now right you guys we all exist and i think we're all pretty cool people and i think you know whatever your definition of success i feel like we are it
1: this is why we actually did the podcast you just summed up the reason why we started is to find people that i don't people don't know you just said right now how many puerto ricans how many latinx are that are not celebrities or they're not in sports do we know that are out there and you'd be amazed of how many from like uh, you know, director of Nike up in uh, uh, athletic director of Nike, right? I mean, I, or you have so many of these positions, and sure, there are places where it's like, oh yeah, let you know Latinx, you know, kind of um, if it's societies or 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 groups or whatever. But um, it feels like people don't know that 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 are out there, and I think that they are just like you, you know.
2: But just like just like you said, sir, we exist. We exist. We're there. I think we just need more. More visibility, uh, better representation, and like just like you said, as well, too right. With this digital era we live in, it, it's possible. It's possible for for people, you know, to identify with somebody that they see in a spotlight because you know social media, TV, whatever. It's you know we can we can transfer information from here to across the world in a split second, which is something that is really cool. Um, and I I think uh, you know we need to get into a bit about what you do now. You are the owner of an NWSL professional soccer team, which I think is amazing. Talk to us about that. What does it mean to you? How did you get there? What barriers did you have to overcome Mm. to to get there? Mm. I'm
0: like, how open can I be about some of this? Um, Well, If I say it, maybe I can be more. So, so, so let's see where where to start. So, okay. Um, so grew up pretty, I will say this, like James, my husband and I have been, you know, we both grew up. Right. And and that's another thing I think about is who, you know, who do we think is as successful in like the business world um, and how do they get there? I feel like a majority of the time, not always, they've had that privilege, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, Yeah. they've had it. Um, and so I do love the, I do love the, the, the humble origin story. I think everybody does, right. I think everybody does because they see that potential in themselves. Right. But so James and I definitely have some humble beginnings. He, I look super fessa compared to him, you know, like in terms of, of growing up, like I saw the town in Haiti where he was born and I'm like, how the hell did your parents get you out of here? Because it's, it's it's you know, I don't know, maybe a couple acres big, the whole town, and maybe there's running water. I don't remember seeing anything. Like in, in, it's in the middle of like nowhere, right? And they, they managed to go on. He's now this really successful uh certain, like orthopedic surgeon right and so but before that he did he worked on wall street and so like between him and me working and us you know saving and investing we acute i want to say i want to acknowledge that we built enough wealth to be able to buy in right because it's, it's not um it's at least you know in nwsl um you know even at a minority again i don't know that word but in this case we're talking about math so it's fine it, you know being a minority shareholder uh, or, or owner, it's still, it's still a significant amount of dollars. And I can't disclose, right, because I did sign an NDA, but there's there's a lot of money. So I, w- I want to talk about, like, we did have to, like, work towards this this money, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but here's the thing. Even if you have the money, and money... What's buying us the access. And that's what I think about... Sometimes I feel like, what, what would I rather have, access or money... Um, sometimes I feel it's the access because it's the insights to how these, this other world of people are thinking, and somehow we will figure out how the money will happen, if that makes sense. So I I do think money definitely buys that access, but at the end of the day, if you've got that knowledge and you've got that drive and ambition and intelligence, you can figure out the money part, right? So I want to bring that up too, because, um, half the time you don't know, I don't want to say half the time, I want to say most of the time nobody knows like when you can buy into a team or start a team or, you know, be invited to speak. You know, I, I basically got lucky because um, I'm going to try and keep a long story short. The, the, the thought of first buying or first buying into a team came only because I saw somebody else do it. Now, he was a huerito who had worked at MLS. Um, I didn't know his background situation. Um, but now I do. Um, and so, you know, he was able to come from a, a family that had the resources to do it. Um, but I'm, but I'm thinking, well, here's some, you know, guy who had a day job, like if he can do it, like I can do it, you know? And like that, that, that spurred, that spurred the idea. And coincidentally, the guy that hired me at, at MLS, Carlo Garcia, he was at the team in Las Vegas. And I was like, Carlo, I was like, Carlo, I'm really interested in like learning more about how brett did that like i would like to buy into it and he, he's open to it he's like i'll come out to vegas we'll come out and you know so met with them and brett was like you know you know we just want to keep it in the family so they weren't looking to add you know anybody on so like, okay fine it was a usl team so like so that was the first right just that just knowing how it happened or that somebody can do it that isn't a billionaire was like the first kind of inkling and then another boss I work with, was a CMO for, um, he's now, he's now a big guy at U.S. soccer, but he, he was CMO at minor league baseball. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how much it costs to like buy into a league baseball team. So at that point, I was just like gathering data information. And I wasn't really excited about like, I wasn't really excited about baseball because of my, my MLB experience, right? Um, but at that point, I was just thinking about it from an investment standpoint, right? Um, and then fast forward, this was like 2018, fast forward to last year. And I see, a you know, a, uh, somebody I knew who bought into um, a team. And I was like, wow. And so I sent her a message. I'm like, ¿cómo lo, cómo lo hiciste? Like, yo quiero ser, you know, yo quiero ser dueña también. Y ella no, no, no quería decir nada. Like, it was like, oh, well, um, no creo que puedes entrar así. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Entonces... Like, I'm like, I'm like, but like, you get the feeling that they don't want to share. Right. Mm -hmm. So I let that go. And then, um, and then I reached out to the, this other team because the the team owner follows me on Twitter. So I was like, well, let me reach out to him. No, no no contesto. I think to this day, he probably still hasn't seen the message. And then (laughs) I've been there. And What's that? We still, but I've been there. People don't see that. That's true. And then. And then I just was happy, I was like reading the news and I saw the, it was a a North Carolina paper and it was, you know, Steve Malik, owner of The Courage, open to investors. And I was like, oh my God. What was crazy was the week before the team had called me for sponsorship and I said, I can't, like the timing is bad, (laughs) but the budgets are gone. Like we're over-invested in North Carolina right now. Like there's all these legitimate reasons why we can't and it hurt, like it physically hurt to say no to the women's Mm -hmm. team especially because I had been looking at NWSL in 2018 to sponsor and it couldn't do it then. Right. So it's like, I have, I'm constantly saying no to things I want to say yes to. Right. And um, anyway, so, so when I, you know, I, so I, after I see the newspaper headline, I call back and I, and I talked to the guy that, that reached out to me. And he's Latino. And I said, Santiago, look, it's still no for me for sponsorship, but like I'm personally interested in investing in the team. And I really, really think, and I told him this, I, I think because he's Latino, he took me seriously, right? And he had done enough homework on me to know, I guess, what I had potential of. Yeah. And he put, he forwarded my name and information to um, the guy that was in charge of the process. And um, yeah. And then, you know, after interviews and background checks and legal paperwork and, you know, the, the check clearing, right? <laughs> I, am, I am here as a, a co-owner of a women's soccer league and that feels really good like it feels it feels damn good I will say like that's awesome I like I, it's just like one of those like like for real like if I can do it like anybody can do it right and it wasn't that you know there's limitations and whatnot but I but I feel like if you know little Sarita right can do it from a eat that can do it like that's like it's it's I'm signaling to other people who are looking at this like this is possible
1: this is
2: possible. Yeah. So that was like really awesome, emotional awesome message. It. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, what advice would you give somebody that wants to do what you're, what you're doing? And I think that's something important, right? Like, you said, if I can do it, they can do it too. But what would you tell somebody that? Or what would you tell Sarah 15, 20 years ago? Like, Oof. be able to accomplish what, what you've done now.
0: Well, I would say keep doing what you're doing, right? Cause I, and I think what what, what, the, what I was doing back then was, you know, really... I feel a little lazier like this day and age, but I was like really working hard. And I don't I don't necessarily believe in in gr- you know, like grinding till you can't like sleep or eat properly. But I I didn't want to let anybody down. So that's the way I approached work. Like my job, you know, mi jefe, you know, like I would I don't care. Like my job is to make my boss look good, right? So make them look good, work really hard, learn as much as you can about you know, I don't, um, I don't think I just jump into things. It takes me a minute. So in some ways I feel like maybe I'm, I could have been further involved. I'm not really sure what the right word is. And I am today, but like, it's that it's, um, uh, um, Oh, what was it? Oh, I used to like, my big thing was, was trying to have like a savings account instead of paying off my credit card bill and and not realizing the math, right? Like you want to pay off your credit card bill first before you save, right? Like it was like psychologically, I just psychologically wanted money in my account to look yeah. at. Right. Where in the meantime, I'm burning through, you know, cash because it's compound interest. Right. So like stuff like that, it's definitely like, um, and it's hard. Cause I do like, I love meeting people. I love learning people's stories. Like I, I, the, one of the first things I do when I see somebody who I think is interesting, I Google them cause I want to read their bios or find out more about them. Yeah. Like, I think that's really cool. But not a lot of people do that. I, I realize. And I think, Maybe because of that, it's given me access, right? It's given me access to people. It's given me opportunities to ask questions. What else? I would probably say be more aggressive. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 this is soy I don't want to like ruffle feathers. Like yeah. I think, I, I don't, and I think part of it, now I want to whatever, right? Me vale, right? Like- yeah, um, I love
1: working with you because we can't ruffle feathers.
0: No, but kids, you guys are easy to work with. But But I was always like being like the eldest daughter and the only girl of, you know, immigrant parents, it's like, you do what you're told, right, and it, it's not, it really, and I have to credit my, my, the guy that hired me, uh, Carlo, again, and the guy that hired me, it well, Fargo Nick, because they've helped me, they're like, they're like, Sarah, you know, you know, Carlo like, Sarah, you know what you're doing, Nick's like, Sarah, you know what you're doing, like, don't question it, just go with it, I've got your back, and like, to hear somebody, if you can find anybody that says, I've got your back, shit, you can
2: do anything, Yeah. I think that's so cool. Uh, Something that I think a a trait that I think all successful people have is what you just mentioned, curiosity, curiosity, Mm -hmm. just the desire to always learn, learn. And if you don't know something you learn, and if you are uncertain about something you investigate, I think that's definitely something that, you know, for our listeners that can help you achieve whatever it is, whatever it is that you want to, want to achieve. And two, uh, something that stood out to me from, you know, what you've shared with us is that you really it seems like you personally really value the partnerships or the connections that you've made with people you know and I think that's so cool because as much as sometimes we might want to do something ourselves it's hard you know maybe we can get so far but if you really want to reach your maximum potential I think you need partnerships you need connections and and that's something that seems like you valued and I do you know, it's a good example of that yeah
0: I, I, I do I will say I will I, I will tell you a relationship fail I I made early on, this is like my, tw- when I was twenty twenty one, 21. And this is, and so this is like, I used to be really flaky. Like with, and that was like, I blame my mom for that. Like, if we say we're going to do something, we would never do it. She would never do it. Yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah. Right. I'll think about it never happened. And so, and then with people, my mom didn't have a lot of like relationships, like friendships with find besides her family. Um, I think part of it was my dad to the cultural, right. Um, differences and, and anyway, so there, I do, I, I really, I don't, I, I value people. I, I try to look, look at, everybody's worthy of respect, um, even when they make it very challenging to be respected. Um, but I will say, I, there was one person I wish I still had in my life, but it's okay because she's still really present, is Michelle Obama. So she gave me my first internship and I did not stay in touch with her. And that is a regret I have because I think she's, she's like such a wonderful person. Like who you think she is, is like who she is in real life. You know, and I have, I've got girlfriends who stayed in touch with her and will go to Hawaii with her and Barack, you know, on vacation and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, that could have been me, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I still feel like her words of wisdom, even like, you know, as she's doing her own podcast, which is also very good. But, but no, I, I do. I, 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 I'm really excited to meet new people. And I really excited. I'm really proud of the wait, friendships I still have. You know? Wait, why
1: did you flake on Michelle Obama? Like, wait, where, where?
0: This was too, I graduated from college and it was like, Oh my God, I got to pay the rent. And you know, there was no cell phones back then. There was no social media back then. <laughs> I'm making excuses right now. Um, I'm still making excuses because I still am in touch with my high school calculus teacher. Um, and my high school French teacher. See, I like a dumbass. I took French instead of Spanish. Like that's <laughs> anyway. So, but I still, I I think um, you know, I think it was it was definitely me. Could have been like you know picking up the phone and calling. But this is right like around the time where she had the girls, you know, as well. So, yeah. And and my girlfriend is still saying that like she babysat the girls. So you know, it was a it was an easier relationship. Wow, to and my did friend
1: is not know school. this about you at all. First of all, so
0: I, I like to name drop that one a lot
2: huh yeah. i like to name that name job michelle obama. I'm gonna lie, you went up a little bit like there's levels you were already at like a high one and i was like oh I'm she might have increased the, i don't know if com- you increase or go I'm down we could have had a
1: contact with the obamas but we could
2: have had michelle
0: obama on you. Michelle- i know i know i'm so sorry i'm so sorry amigos but i'm <laughs> yeah. not for like what she could have done for me kidding. but just yeah. somebody who's so positive in life yeah
1: yeah, yeah. well that's yeah. So, you know, taking the notes is the fact that you were so honest in this podcast, Sarah, that sure, you're giving us all this advice and everything you're going through. But to mention a failure, something oh. that, <laughs> you, it, you just set the precedent for all of the uh, all of our like, all right, we have all these questions. But you have to come in and tell us what you messed up on Definitely. No. I love it.
0: I am not most of the time. I am not certain about anything I'm doing. I have to tell you, and when I didn't tell you, I did share this with the supporters. I had a call with, um, there were 20 Courage supporters last night, I did share this with them. I don't, and, and and we saw, I don't know if I told you and Guillermo this, but when I was like super psyched the, not, the night before the announcement was coming out, I'm like, finally, like mm-hmm. the news is gonna be out there. People would be looking at me like, what? Sarah did that? Well, actually not Sarah because my people know, but like Sarah did that, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, like I'm gonna call her now, right? so I was like super like, I don't know, like my ego was like boosted and I was like ready to go. Right. And then it's Thursday night, Friday night, the Friday morning, the press release comes out and I was like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Like, this is a mistake. Who would want to be a team owner? Like, this is a lot of pressure. Like the fans are going to hate me. Like all these thoughts, like, like to the point where my head was hurting my eyelid was twitching i was nauseous and um do you, we saw i think and generally i don't know if you know her maybe you do alma mm-hmm. Angeles, who was with some yeah i told her i was like Alma, i'm feeling really really sick about this and she was like she's like take it in you're she's like enjoy the moment like don't stress about things that you don't need to be stressed about right now and it's like, and generally, I don't know if you feel like this. And look, by no means, am I a soccer star, right? Um, but like when you, and, and, and I don't know how much you, I read the comments, like don't tonta, I read the comments, right? And like, that's not, a, you know, but luckily they were all really nice. And I think that's what stressed me out more was there was a lot of expectations that were built. And I'm, you know, now I'm like, so now I'm like on the supporter group and like I'm a payment paying member uh, of our supporter group. Um, Cause I think that stuff is important. And then I'm on this DNI task force and with my marketing background i'm like god i really i really want to help this team be successful in every way and if it you know and i'm only one of you know many now who are part of this ownership group but um i still feel like a lot of weight yeah yeah mm-hmm. like wow. oh, man i'm gonna mess up somewhere god
1: you don't want to go through my mentions because they're not like <laughs> oh <laughs>
2: We we saw and I actually have had this conversation before about like read, do we read the comments and he asked like do you read the comments and I'm like you know to be honest there's times when I do when I, before I used to do it a lot I don't much anymore because I've realized that um, I mean social media is a, you know it's not a monologue it's a dialogue people are always going to respond and have something to say and I, I personally just recognize the um, the position that I, that I'm in that it's you know a risk some people are going to like me some people are going to hate me some people are going to love me and. <laughs> I've, I'm learning to let go of all exterior expectations. I'm learning. I, you know, I've, I've added meditation to my routine and mm-hmm. I'm really focusing on that, which part of that is, you know, what are people going to say about me? I've also just have this rule, you know, like, you know, four to five people are probably not going to like what I do and that's okay. That's okay. Life goes on. If I can change one person's life, you know, that's, that's all that matters. And I've limited my social media time significantly, which That's helps a that. lot yeah. because wow. it can be over overwhelming, and you can feel a lot of pressure, like you said. But man, pressure is a privilege. Being in mm. you know these positions is it's amazing. So you learn to look at it that way. It's like whew, it just it's just uh, I think ever since I've started looking at it that way, it's mind blowing. My life has changed. I'm like Ooh. this, it is such a privilege to be doing what I'm doing and to be representing you know oh all of the people that I represent. So I think what you're doing is just—it's amazing.
0: So no, I, ah, I'm like yes. It's now I'm like starstruck again. Yes. <laughs>
1: it's the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite for me. Somebody tells me that they don't like my work, I cry. So. No, I feel I feel really uh, sensitive yes, about we, it too.
2: <laughs> oh, there you go. Impressive. She's just showing this for our <laughs> listeners. She has showed us a Billie Jean King's book. Pressure is a privilege. Did you just happen to have that, and I said that, like, and it was right in front of you? All what my books—you can't see me, but all my we books are connected. Are... We're connected, Sarah. We're connected. I've got like
0: books everywhere.
1: Yeah, if are... you don't know happen. Sarah busted out the P- Pressures Privilege book. That's talking. Gonna... <laughs> it was not planned.
0: It was no, not planned. It just
1: shows that we're we're
2: on the, we're same, on the same
0: page, in sync. Oh my God, Janelli, I want to be your best friend now.
2: <laughs> no, we Lisa my... she's going to take your spot. No, Sorry. My... <laughs> <laughs> she's mine all right
1: sarah it, it has been a pleasure and i'm sure a lot listeners and that know your name who is sarah she's always around especially you know in a, in, in the football and 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 the multicultural space and uh hopefully you guys get to learn a little bit more about sarah and i was excited and the minute this nidiaki kind of uh, the podcast of the ideas that we had with Janelli was we got to get Sarah on just because of so many different facets. And this might not be the last time. I hope not because there's so many different issues that we want to tackle on this podcast that I know that you would definitely help us out and, uh, and and talk to. So thank you for having a candid, honest, and to me exhilarating almost like just thought provoking conversation because mm. um, I didn't a want to it, like, yeah. said, we didn't script this. It's not like we said we were here. Are a couple points we want to do, but I mean, there's so many different, like if we can put the, all the keywords that we talked about that we can continue to have these conversations. It's, it was just a lot. So gracias. Thank you. And um, you know, it, you, you're, it's a pleasure to always talk to you when we're working. It's an even bigger pleasure and, and joy to talk to you, especially on a candid conversation to know a little more about you. So Gracias.
0: Oh, no, I ustedes. Thank you so much. It, freaking, freaking honor. This is like really humbling.
2: Thank you. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. Thank you for, for being you. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I, in this past hour of like, what you shared has been amazing. I've been pretty excited to, to have this podcast with you. And I want to ask you one last thing. How do you identify when somebody asks you, like, where are you from? Or how, you know, how do you, Ooh. what do you think?
0: Like, if you That's could sum like- it up
2: briefly, what would it be?
0: Oh my gosh. I love, I love that question. Um, I, I, wow. I usually say, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, Palestinian woman from, you know, La and now I'm adding and now I'm a corner of a soccer
2: team. Yes. Oh, yes. You get an applause. I yes. love it.
0: Yes. It's, it's more than that. We're all more than that. Right. But yeah. Definitely. That's, we're all oh, more than that. that yeah. it's,
1: it's and that's going to change, right? Like, maybe the order of that. I'm the owner of the soccer team that's from, you know, and in the way that you, you said it, it's, 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 it's the importance of who you are. So that's so awesome here. What about you guys? Oh, man, only anybody's ever asked us. Are you? Yeah. Ooh, ooh! Hold on, oh, on? Right. Right. hold on, hold oh, no, on, no, no. hold on! I'm sorry. We're, right? We said we know we got it. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We can't. We can't put us on the spot on the next edition of the <laughs> There you go. On the next edition, Danelli and I will really deep dive into how do we identify because here we are. So yeah, it, I, so we're just gonna have to do that. You I know, guys, you're
0: trying to wrap up. I have like one more story, and I love that Danielle asked that question because I was I was doing this, and then, then I'll, I'll let you guys go for real. I was doing this. Um, event with um with the play like a girl Mm -hmm. and um it was really it was cool it was around um the Miami open it was around tennis um tennis players and it was all about like trying to uh help uh this one session was about making sure like girls treat each other kindly right especially in the middle school early high school age right anyway so the QA session came up and I wasn't even supposed to be on a panel somebody backed out and they were like Sarah you're here do you want to be on a panel I was like okay so then this, this one girl, that was her question. Like, she was like, where do you come from? And I was like, wow. Wow. And then, so I, I, not that I was prepared to answer your question, but it made me really think, and I feel like for her, the reason she asked that question is because she wanted to know if she could see part of herself in me, right? She was trying to find a way for us to connect. And I thought that was really, I thought it was a really cool question that she asked. And so now I'm, I love that you asked that. I thought it was
1: really cool. Man, that, even that question, where do you come from? Like when I'm asked that, like, like, like phoenix or <laughs> <laughs> like God. you know like or, or, or my family or how are you but wow again thank you sarah and uh we'll, i'm sure we'll continue to have conversations like this with you it's if it's not a podcast we always try to have them when oh, we, yeah when we yeah. were working together um but i hope everyone that's listening enjoyed sarah you can sarah uh your twitter how do how do people get a hold of you if if they Maybe somebody's listening. Yeah, Twitter
0: is good. I mean, that's kind of how we Twitter, met, right? right? That's how we got in business. Yeah. yeah. Um Sarah Toussaint, S A R A T O U S S A N T uh on Twitter. It's
1: Toussaint, isn't French? Right?
0: James from Haiti, yeah.
1: So it's even I remember when like wait, Sarah's <laughs> kind So French, Haiti, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chicago, US, like Latina, Mexico. Like you just this is yeah. definition of multicultural. Yeah. No wonder- I mean, as a, as a Mexican, I would even you know, say, you might be a little bit Mexican in there, too, if you're well, involved, there you know your background, definitely. Uh, <laughs> there's some things I want to like, throw in some Mexican slang, but I'm like,
0: I don't know if that's, I don't know if I can do that now. I just keep thinking of Hugo Sanchez's expressions. Uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> wow, wow. All no right.
0: way, no way. No way. Es <laughs> uh, mi cama, uh, way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This is a, a great, another edition of New and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, Janelle and I are going to prepare where we come from, and uh, the next episode will be a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we got
2: we got some thinking to do. I mean, I could give a long answer, but we'll, we'll save that for next time. We'll see that.
1: Thank you to all for listening, and we'll catch you on the on the next episode, Niyaki.